Hey there, and welcome back to By His Grace Marriage Ministry Podcast. My name is Amanda, and this is part two of a three-part series that I am doing on the negative impact that feminism has on marriage and the family unit. So I am going to be talking about the second wave of the feminism movement, but before I jump into that, I want to make a few announcements in regard to the podcast. So yesterday, after publishing my episode, I realized that I have, or no, I'm sorry, not yesterday, today, doing part one, I realized that I have done 16 episodes so far within season two. I decided that in each season, however many that there may be, I don't want there to be too many episodes. I don't really want to go past maybe 20 to 25 episodes, and really 25 is kind of pushing it. So I've decided that after I have finished this three-part series, that will be the end of season two and I will be moving into season three. With that being said, that leads me into my second announcement. So season three, I feel led to talk more on prayer, um, spiritual warfare and battle, how to, to battle, you know, negative things and spiritual warfare within our marriages and our homes and our families. And I've also discovered something today that I feel that the Ruach, the Holy Spirit, is leading me to eventually do. And I think this is going to take place in season three. And the reason why I feel that this is something he's wanted me to do is because a brother actually reached out to me this morning through social media and asked if I've had anybody come on my podcast and just discuss things together or do an interview Um, or maybe share testimony or something like that. And my answer to him was, I haven't because I don't know how to do that unless the person is physically sitting next to me. Um, I'm learning as I go along. This podcast is is, uh, new to me and it's the first time I've ever done this. So as I learn and get familiar with what I'm using to record and publish my episodes, I just discovered this morning as I was recording uh, part one, that there is a way to actually invite people via social media, so far from what I've seen, um, to actually come on and join you during an episode. So I thought, okay, maybe this is confirmation from Abba that this is something that I can definitely start doing um, on this podcast and within this ministry. So I think that's wonderful and that's something that I am definitely aiming to do. Um, in season three of this podcast. If you are not connected with me on social media, um, Facebook um, right now is really the only social media that I um, that I use. I do have Instagram as well. I don't use Instagram. I just uh, use it to post my episodes every time I publish one. But I am on Facebook uh, quite often. If you are not connected with me on Facebook and you would like to join me sometime on an episode or you feel led and um, would like to try this out and we are not connected on Facebook, please email me at byhisgracemarriage at gmail.com if you are interested in um, sharing a testimony or joining with me in a discussion or something like that. Now what I will say and when I make the announcement on social media, I'll be sure to add the same thing. This is not for debate or argument or pointing fingers or who's right, who's wrong. Um, That's not at all what I want to do in this ministry. My ministry is to bring hope and encouragement to, and, and and a better understanding and shed light on truth 
right? But I mainly want to give hope and encouragement to those who, you know, are feeling unworthy or feeling like they can't have a second chance. They feel like there's no grace. They feel like they can't step into the marriage that Abba has for them or, you know, have a family or experience that, that beautiful gift that Yahuwah has for us, okay? The basis of my ministry and the purpose of my ministry is not to argue, it's not to debate, it's not to put anybody down, it's not to do anything like that. So um, if you are someone that wants to come on to debate with me or argue or something like that, that's not what I want to do. Um, you know, again, I'm here to edify others and of course I will always accept others edifying me and helping me to understand certain things, but this ministry and this podcast is not the place for that. So again, if it is something that you'd be interested in, in joining me sometime on an episode, and we are not connected on Facebook, then please um, email me. If uh, you would like to get connected on Facebook, you are welcome to do so. My, my profile is public, and you can find me under Amanda Yasharel, which is Y-A-S-H-A-R-E-L which is Hebrew for Israel, okay? So, um, I just wanted to make those announcements real quick. I'm really excited for um, the, the future of this ministry and this podcast, and I'm just so thankful to him um, and or, all glory to him because at the end of the day, it is for him. So, I just wanted to share that real quick. Again, if you have any questions... Um, or would be interested in something like that, please email me or reach out to me via social media, via Facebook. All right, so again, uh, the book that I am uh, reading from is The Christian Homemaker's Handbook by Pat Ennis and Dorothy Kelly Patterson. And I am going to be reading about the second wave of the feminism movement. So let's go ahead and get started. The second wave took place between 1960 and 1990, and it was known as the fight to find fulfillment outside of the home. G.K. Chesterton wrote, Feminism is mixed up with the muddled idea that women are free when they serve their employers, but slaves when they help their husbands and children. He perfectly captured in the statement the approach of the second wave of feminists to marriage and the home. As the first wave of feminism waned in the mid-1920s, the American people focused on greater concerns like the Great Depression in the late 1920s and early 1930s, and the Second World War from 1941 to 1945. The 1950s often characterized as the Leave it to Beaver era, were a golden age for the home. The television character of June Cleaver was held up as the epitome of womanhood and the happy housewife. Though she had gone to college and prepared herself for a place in the marketplace, she chose to devote her primary energies to the care of her family. In the early 1960s, the journalist Betty Friedan became convinced that women were really frustrated and unfulfilled in their roles as wives and mothers. She began to survey her classmates at her 15-year college reunion and came to the conclusion each suburban wife struggled with it alone. She was afraid to ask even of herself the silent question, is this all? The result was the publication of the book, The Feminine Mystique, which came out in 1963, just in time for the cultural unrest that characterized America in the 1960s. She diagnosed women with the happy housewife syndrome, 
arguing that women were just pretending to be happy in their roles when in fact they felt discontented and unfulfilled. Frieden said many women suffered from this problem with no name because they were ashamed to admit their dissatisfaction with society's roles for women. If I am right, the problem that has no name stirring in the minds of so many American women today is not a matter of loss of femininity or too much education or the demands of domestic. It is far more important than anyone recognizes. It is the key to these other new and old problems which have been torturing women and their husbands and children and puzzling their doctors and educators for years. It may well be the key to our future as a nation and a culture. We can no longer ignore that voice within women that says, I want something much more than husband and children and home. Or than my husband and my children and my home. Frieden and later Gloria Stenham, another leader during this wave, fought for women to have a public voice and find their worth outside the home. Both argued that women needed to find purpose by contributing to the world in a tangible way, for example, through a profession in the workplace. Being a wife and mother were not considered to be pursuits fulfilling in themselves. In fact, marriage and motherhood were considered limitations or even prisons by some feminists within the second wave. During this period, the National Organization for Women, also known as NOW, N-O-W, was formed in 1966. Birth control pills were approved for sale in the United States, 1960, and Roe v. Wade granted women abortion rights in 1973. The fact that the media often portrayed women in the movement as angry men-haters is not a fair representation. However, men were seen as the oppressors and women were seen as saviors. Women became involved in politics, the publishing industry, and higher education administration in order to give a voice to women's experience. Women's own experience became firmly established as the, as the locus of truth, and they claimed the right to defend their own roles and reality. The Bible was dismissed altogether, and marriage firmly came under attack. Gloria Stenham said, we have to abolish and reform the institution of marriage. By the year 2000, we will, I hope, raise our children to believe in human potential and not Elohim. In 1969, a leaflet entitled Do You Know the Facts About Marriage produced to hand out at a protest at the New York Marriage License Bureau, and it ended with this statement, We can't destroy the inequities between men and women until we destroy marriage. We must free ourselves, and marriage is the place to begin. The message at the heart of this wave was that marriage held women back. You know, and that just, it just makes me really emotional, like I said in, in part one. It really makes me sad that they have taken the gifts of Elohim and the purposes of so many and have just completely attacked and just made it seem and sound so horrible. It really breaks my heart and it even makes me sick to my stomach, you know, it's just... It's really sad and, and again I know I said this in part one but this is why I had been wanting so much to share this with you because when I read about this and I had learned about this too while I was in school for ministry um, I just my mind was blown but then 
it started to make so much more sense other than than the obvious you know elohim's word being removed out of so much but i began to understand you know and that's why i say there's there's absolutely a difference between godly marriage and secular marriage absolutely other than what i've already said within my podcast and within my ministry this is part of it this is a big big reason of why we see what we see today broken homes broken marriages it's a huge chunk of it along with counterfeit lifestyles and relationships along with being outside of the will of elohim you know and i just can't express this enough you know i really really can't they thought the answer was to remove themselves and remove the word of elohim out of these things They thought it would make it better, and maybe it did for a period of time, but what it actually did was it made things much, much worse. Not to mention it made it an abomination in the eyes of our Father. Because we took what was sacred and so important and so vital to Him, and we've we've done what we've done with it. And we've done it for many, 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 many of years. And I don't know about you, but it absolutely breaks my heart, you know? And so part of my mission is to help restore the word of Elohim back into what he's given us, which part of that is our marriage covenants, our children, our families, and our homes. So I pray that as um, the word continues to be shared and spread, that this will begin to happen by his grace and in his name. So that is it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening, and I will talk with you in my next episode.